Here's to your success in property, finance and money management. You're listening to The Long Property Show with your hosts, Daniel Gold and Patrick Lynch. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Long Property Show. I'm Dan Gold. And I'm Patrick Lynch. And Patty, I think we, we owe our audience a small apology. It's, it's been a little while. It's been months and months, Dan. Do you want to explain to clients why it's been so long? <laughs> well, I'm not really one for excuses, Patty, but um, I think that the record does show that between January and June of 2021, it's been one of the busiest periods in the, the mortgage industry. Full stop, period, ever. So we've been processing a lot of files. It's It's been hard to keep up. Yeah, and I think to add to that as well, Dan, we've obviously increased our staff numbers, so quite a bit of training has gone on. Yes, we have, we have. So Terry and Ian, amazing additions to the team, very excited. And um, it's it's going to be interesting because we're, we're obviously in lockdown at the moment, bit of a lull, but I feel like we've used the time productively to, to kind of build the capacity such that when things get started again, we'll be able to, um, you know, get get up to speed real quick. Sounds good. So uh, let's maybe let people know why we're recording the podcast now. <laughs> such a gap. Uh, one, we want people to remember who you are. Uh, well, well, the, the the background here, Patty, is you, you canned out, out my last idea of a podcast, so I had to last minute come up with something else. And where we landed was um, what, like a bit of a a bit of a get to know you or a bit of a get to know your broker style of episode yeah yeah so a reminder of down who you are your background what you bring to the broker experience and how you can help clients have great experience with their lenders let's get into it patty you got some some questions for me so a, a few questions there i mean you mentioned how hard we've been working the last six months and how the numbers have been going so obviously a lot of hard work a lot of long hours which have clearly paid off for long property becoming as successful as it has i suppose for people let them know what does drive you why do you work so hard (laughs) why do i work so i i think a lot of people in the mortgage broking industry work extremely hard i i don't think we are necessarily singled out there um you know and, and i think the reason for that is the opportunities that we're given to help people ultimately and often buying their homes. Um, it's not the kind of work where anyone can really be like, Oh, thanks. You want, you want my help in, in, in buying a home in three weeks time. That's going to auction. I'll, I'll get to that when I can, you know, like (laughs) I'm pretty busy at the moment, but maybe next month, it it just doesn't work like that. If you know, this is the industry that we're in, this is how we get paid. Um, and if a client gives you that level of responsibility, particularly when the, the, the consequences of stuffing anything up are, are enormous, most decent people uh, do what they can to you know, get it done and, and work as hard as they can to do it. So that's, that's kind of my response, Patty, on hard work. But, I, but it's interesting because I don't think the industry necessarily has the best reputation for unbelievable client service or client experiences and to properly understand that um it probably just comes down to you know how difficult getting mortgage finance can actually be uh the fact that it takes a lot longer than people expect and um 
uh, you know, often things just don't quite work out the way uh, people plan and anticipate. So it's really managing that that helps people become recognized for being hard and good and diligent workers in the industry. Yeah. And it's definitely a privilege for us to help people achieve some of their financial goals, whether it's buying that house that they've always wanted to live in or buying investment properties to create wealth for the future. We're definitely lucky to be able to help them. But you mentioned there about experiences. So maybe we'll talk a little bit more about your background and your experience. After uni, your first job was in investment banking. Obviously, going from investment banking through to broking, it's not unusual, but you took a fairly circuitous route to get there. So tell us about investment banking. What did you learn there and how did it happen that you moved to broking and what relevance is there for our clients? Okay, Patty, that, there's lots lots of questions there, but um, let's get into it. So you're, you're right, it's, it's possibly an unusual path. Uh, you know, investment banking is is possibly the 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 most glamorous path for, for us commerce grads after uni to to follow, and mortgage broking is 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 arguably on the opposite end of that spectrum. But I, I actually don't think many people out there really know um, the mortgage broking industry particularly well, and um, certainly as I've come to learn about it, I I don't think about it in in that context at all. I'm obviously extremely thankful that, that this all panned out the way it has and I've got no complaints. But um, there's no question that, that yes, that was my first kind of job after uni and it's helped tremendously to, to build up long property. One, in terms of the, the types of clients that we've naturally attracted and, and, and secondly, just in terms of um, what that taught me and, and, and hopefully what I've taught our larger business around customer service because that takes things to a whole nother level and I've, you know i could share some fun stories about uh what i mean there well if you've got one or two i'm sure people would be interested <laughs> all right uh, look put it this way um it, 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 this wouldn't be an uncommon kind of uh scenario in in the investment banking world it's almost cliched a bit but but it it it's very true and, and, and would happen all the time. Something to the effect of, um, hey, good news, you know, we, we, we've got a meeting uh, that we just managed to secure with the CEO and the board of XYZ company for next week. Um, we need to know what the financials of this company look like combined with that company. Um, can, you, can you run a few models for us, put together a presentation so that we're ready for Monday morning? you know, and, and you get that message on Friday night and there's obviously a team involved and as a junior analyst, you know, it's, it's not all on you to get that done, but at the same time, you kind of know that you're not going to be sleeping for the next 48 hours and, um, the clients are king, right? There's a lot at stake. I mean, in investment banking, the, the fees that, that, that the banks earn to advise large corporates on buying and selling other companies or raising, equity or debt, like can be in the millions of dollars, sometimes even the tens of millions of dollars. So you really need to do everything that you can to, um, you know, maintain the, um, maintain relationships with, with these coveted clients and, and, and ultimately not stuff anything up. And working to those tight deadline dance, it's obviously relevant, as you mentioned earlier, clients who perhaps are going to auction 
you'll have short settlements happening. How, how has that, have you brought in the investment banking to the mortgage broking experience there? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're, we're not um, helping clients on $100 million transactions. We're, we're helping them buy and sell mainly residential housing. So it's a lot different, but um, certainly it's very personal. Um, we're, we're, you know, huge impact on people's real personal lives. And, um, it, it, you know, from that perspective, there's nothing that we're doing that's less important, arguably more important. Um, the, the, these clients that we're dealing with, uh, particularly those types of clients who, you know, a, a lot of people in that um, finance world, I, I would call it like the, the upper echelons of, of finance and industry, they almost don't realize that there are a whole different range of, of, of service levels out there. You know, often they just expect that the service levels they're providing their clients are the same service levels that um, when they are the client, they should receive, right? So, you know, that they those kind of clients will expect very frequent, thorough communication. You know, uh, they'll expect that we're getting back to them within a few hours, not a few days. They'll expect that we're delivering on every single one of our promises. Um, and sure, if we have to work some, some later long hours to meet their deadlines, um, it's not a, you know, th that, that too is an expectation, right? So, um, you know, I, th that resonates with me. I, I've got no issue with that. I, I, I have always been quite, um, always felt very privileged to be given the opportunity to, to, to help those clients work on their scenarios. And, um, yeah, thankfully, we've we've managed to tick a lot of the boxes yeah and as long as i've known you dan which is over the six years you've definitely displayed that hard work whether it's with long property in the previous uh company that we work together on and i think clients appreciate the effort that you pull in there and as you say with investment banking there's an expectation of a certain level of service so hopefully for our clients we're delivering on those promises and on that service Paddy, I think we need to stop the podcast there. It's not often that you're that, that praiseworthy. Don't get used to it then. <laughs> but listen, in terms of that background and experience, you've mentioned some of the things which perhaps would differentiate long property from other brokers. Are there any other experiences that you think would add to that differentiation so that for clients, uh, but whether they're investment banking, whether they're salaried employees or self-employed clients, uh, what else in your background would help those clients to achieve a good outcome yeah so um my my comment there is i i think in in our world patty a, a lot of mortgage brokers end up dealing with people like them um, because you naturally just attract people from your own personal networks and then you know their friends and family and colleagues and so on and so forth and um through the backgrounds that we've just been discussing, a lot of our clients have somehow emanated from that either corporate finance world or, or private equity and asset management and, um, you know, similar circles. We're, we're lucky to deal also, I suppose, with a lot of um, lawyers and doctors, so other professional services. Um, I, I think that there may be not a huge amount of practitioners in our industry that that can relate to those types of clients in the same way that we can. I mean, that it's not like there are a lot of other 
doctors turn mortgage brokers, right? Or maybe there are a few lawyers turn mortgage brokers. I'm not sure, but there definitely aren't many corporate finance guys t- turn mortgage brokers. And yeah, I just think we've we've managed to probably just you know I can I can re- I understand their world. I understand their income profiles, how it works. Definitely their service expectations, which we've just spoken about. And then, um, yeah, just I, I guess for me personally, I've always been around business, finance, investments, that type of thing. Elise and I ourselves on our own personal property journey are, are quite well progressed with our own home and, and multiple investment properties as well. So when we're when I'm advising clients, um, the, the 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 quality of dialogue and, and conversation probably is enhanced as a result of some of those experiences. Um, it's not textbook and theoretical. It's 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 more on the ground and, and personal. Yeah, and I think also then that knowledge gives you. We've dealt with a lot of clients with some complex needs, whether it's property structures or income structures. Uh, and again, you've got that background with your investment banking as a self-employed person as well, where you become used to analyzing, interpreting our financial accounts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so interpreting um, financial accounts is a huge part of, of corporate finance. Um, <laughs> admittedly, I, I wasn't the best analyst in, in, in those UBS investment banking days, not through lack of effort or hard work or attitude or anything like that, purely just because your competition is bloody commerce law grads who got 99.95 on their ENTO score and it's it's a hard group to compete with. But, but um, yeah, you, you know, it's not easy pulling together like you know the 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 P and L and and the balance sheet and the, the cash flow statement for BHP, right? And and figuring out what happens if if they acquire some other huge organization and 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 how their their earnings per share might be impacted, for example, right? So so um, yeah, that that's the world that I lived in, and 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 thankfully it's a lot easier just looking at people's discretionary trusts or or property trusts or or um you know operating companies and deciphering what um you know most retail lenders are looking for in the context of understanding what income we can use to 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 use for serviceability on a home loan application right so yeah i in comparison to those old guys who i have the utmost of respect for i i'm I'm like a four out of ten but but thankfully that's that's made me possibly look like a nine out of 10 in, 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 in this world, which, which, which has helped us not only work with some great clients, but deliver them some amazing outcomes and experiences, which they may not have got just dealing with, um, you know, other, um, uh, other banks or brokers, you know, it's, it's more, I almost think of it, Patty, more of like a private banking type of context, uh, albeit with us being brokers, we've still got access to to more choice and, and and more lenders. So the private bank experience, but but with all the same benefits that that mortgage brokers can provide clients, and that's an awesome awesome combination. Yep, no, I agree. And in terms of that choice and access that we have to lenders, obviously by being successful, it gives us certain privileges with some lenders, uh, perhaps that other brokers don't have. So do you want to maybe wrap up and just let people know some of the options that are out there at the moment in banking? Yeah, um, it's, I'm pleased that you mentioned that, Patty. I, I It's been a huge help for us. So a lot of our clients would, or just anyone that follows really the news media w- would have seen that, that they've 
been quite slow turnaround times with a lot of banks over the really since um, February, March of last year when COVID first kicked in, big transition to work from home. Um, a lot of operations were shut down, relocated. Um, and there was also, you know, we just mentioned that January to June was one of the busiest periods, periods that the industry has seen. That led itself to a lot of bottlenecks and, and slow turnarounds. But um, we are very lucky as a result of the quality of work that we've done and also the quantity uh, like the, the volume of, of loan applications and settlements that we've done, um, the banks have basically segmented, not all of them, but but some banks have segmented us into um, special categories, which, which entitle us to these privileges. One is on turnaround times, whereas the average turnaround time for maybe said bank might be two weeks, um, our applications are getting looked at and assessed in two days. Um, and, and those same types of quicker turnarounds uh, are also impacted not just on the assessment part of a, an application but you know all the way through from start to finish and there might be seven or eight different kind of processes there um, and then secondly just um, access to good people so so a massive um, part of our industry particularly when dealing with complex scenarios is workshopping them ahead of submission with the banks um, sometimes anonymously, um, just for privacy reasons for, for our clients, but um, really just unpacking what, what the m more complex parts of a scenario are. And if you can get the bank's um, commitment and support on basically um, resolving whatever those complexities are ahead of the submission, and maybe those people have, have given you an email or signed off on something or given you a reference number to quote, when that same aspect of the deal gets queried upon the assessment we've basically got people internally at the banks that are able to to work with us and and fight for us to, to to get the outcomes that we're looking for and all that type of thing can really help us deliver a lot more certainty uh to our clients when talking about applications and it's it's not as much a, a lodge and hope and pray it's more like you know we've got we've got a very good sense of um, confidence that that we are going to deliver on on what our, our our promises are based on that pre-work that's gone into it and and yes you do have to be in some of these higher segments within the bank to to get access to not only good relationship managers but also credit people who are, are the decision makers and, and thankfully that's what we do have access to at multiple banks yeah, quality in quality out as opposed to as you say a hidden hope scenario so yep. now i think that gives people a good understanding of where your background is and how you can help them is there anything else Dan, that you think our clients would like to know about your background i think patty all of our clients would know, like to know about your background uh, we might leave that for another podcast <laughs> <laughs> all right looking forward to it i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, hold you to that well let's wrap it up there dan and we'll thank everyone and hopefully it won't be so long before the next podcast <laughs> Good to chat, Patty. Thanks, Emil. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Long Property Show. If you have any questions for Dan or Patty, you can email hi at longproperty.com.au and they'll respond within 24 hours. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and also leave us a review. This way, we can continue bringing you the best weekly content possible. See you again next week. Bye for now.